Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? It's Jeremy Brenner for another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Tonight, much like our last episode, another loss to the Clippers, this time not as close as the one-point loss on Sunday. Final score, Clippers 113, Rockets 100. But as the Rockets keep it consistent, I figure we do so as well here at the Dream Take. It was Mike and I on the last show chopping it up together, and we've got that again here tonight. So, Mike. Once again, the two of us together, my favorite kind of show. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Um, this this one hits differently, man. It hit differently. This, the, tonight. Just, uh, I'm almost at a loss. I mean, do you know how hard it is in the NBA to lose three straight games in less than 10 days to the same team? Well, that's what happens when the other team is better than you. you I hate to say it. I No, they are. And don't get me wrong, man. Like, I just – I'm not going to rant and rave and scream and yell because I'm so far past that. But you got clowned on your home court in the second half. Not so much in the first half because the Rockets kept it pretty competitive in the first half. When you have guys like Reggie Jackson – flexing and blowing kisses to the crowd and clowning you on your home court and getting beat by Zubach who went for 22 and 12 on your home court. It doesn't get any worse, man. And you know, we you talked know, like it's, just, it's embarrassing. We it's talked about it on bad. the last show about Christian Woods defense oh, and how that has really affected it. And this is this is proof of it, right? Oh. This is proof that you know Zubat, like Zubat's going for twenty five points or twenty two points <laughs> and twelve boards, oh, twenty two and twelve God. tonight. He's a nine and eight guy. Yeah. So he had twenty two and twelve tonight, and in the last game too, like death. You know, I'll say this: death by Ivisa Zubats is not how you want to win. Like, it's hard to win a whole lot of basketball games when you let a guy like Zubats do that to you. Yeah, and and I and I say this tongue-in-cheek, but not really. When, when I say this, I want to make sure it comes off the right way. The fact that there wasn't one guy on the Rockets that gave him a semi-dirty elbow or a shove or when Reggie Jackson did what he did, which was basically just clown the entire Rockets roster on their home court. The fact that nobody got pissed off enough to just give him an elbow or give him a, you know, if, if he's going to go to the basket, 
you know, give him one of those hard fouls. That's all I'm asking for. Like, I don't feel like that's wrong to say. Because the Rockets tonight showed, I, that's why I say I, I say this in, in a, not a bad way, but I'm just talking about, like, would Vernon Maxwell have allowed what Reggie Jackson and Zubac have done in, on the Rockets' home court the last two nights? Fly? Well, Vernon Maxwell no. wouldn't have been on a team this bad. That's fair. That's right. But you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, guys like Chuck yes Hayes. Yes and no. Yes and no. Guys like Chuck Hayes. Guys like Carl Landry. Like, those types of dudes don't stand for what the Rockets have allowed to happen in the last For a second. Two. But, you know, you know, I think. It's just bad. I, I get what he, in 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 regards to, like, you know, this team lacks that edge. Jay Sean Tate has that edge. I'm going to put. Mike That's down. Hopefully he can come back again. Oh, we got you back, Mike. Sorry. No, I what I was for, for a yeah. while, but yeah. Sorry. What I was saying was like a guy like Charles Barkley wouldn't have allowed this to happen. You know, Jay Sean Tate. That's a great name. Throw somebody down, get in a tussle, get in something to show us that you give a rip about what is going on in these games. The thing That's is, all though, I'm asking Mike, for. is, is I, I feel like the league has been very tight on, on that. And like you saw, you saw the other game when like, um, you know, Jay Sean Tate kind of threw Terrence Mann to the ground and he got a tech for that. So like, I, I do think that that is there. Uh, I see what you're saying though. I think what you're trying to say in, um, I guess maybe what's the more politically correct thing of what you want to say is you just want, this team to act with a little bit of a competitive edge, yes. at least a little bit more than what they're showing. And, and I agree with that. I think that's lacking with this group because they're kind of just going through the motions. I don't necessarily know if like, you know, I think at the beginning of the season, you know, we were talking about what are the goals of this team and they're like to have fun and having fun is great. And I think that's important, but at the same time, don't let having fun interfere with trying to win basketball games. And I do think that there isn't that 1,000% focus on that. But at the same time, you know, games like this, it just, you know, it's it stretches out. It gets monotonous. It gets, you know, this is the 10th straight loss for the Rockets right now. It's the longest losing streak since the beginning of the season with that 15-game losing streak. So, look, it is <laughs> – it is getting it is get it, they're they're racking up and the losses are coming. I will say, you know, this is this wasn't the worst loss of the season. I, I'd say that maybe and and there is some positives, you know, tonight. Shangun I thought played pretty decent. Christian Wood played a quarter decent. <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing though, is like the Rockets, that that's who they are. They they play good a quarter of the time. They only play good for a quarter of the basketball games because they've only won a quarter of their basketball games. That that's what they are right now. They're at twenty five percent of where they need to be. Yeah, and I mean, Eric Gordon. I mean, another game. I mean, I went back and looked at his numbers. He hasn't had a good game in two weeks of of game games being played. You have the All Star break in there, but games actually being played. He hasn't had a good game by his standards in nearly. I think two- I think the injury that he had is actually kind of slowing him down a little bit. I don't disagree with you. Then shut him down, dude. I mean, Josh Christopher played 22 minutes tonight, and I tweeted this out from 
the Dream Takes account. Make sure to follow the Dream Take at the Dream Take. Uh, tonight, I'd rather watch the Rockets lose by 40 with their young guys than a game like tonight that was competitive for a half and then you get blown out in the second half. You know, I'd rather watch that type of game. And I'll say this again, Jeremy, give me a legitimate reason why Deshaun Nix is not with this roster playing legitimate minutes. Because he gets more minutes in the G League. That's the only thing I can really come up with. Yeah, but that's, come on, you and I both know that that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because it's like if he's going to be in the G League dominating, it's like great. But none of that means anything. He's missing out on valuable time right now. I'd rather have him dominate in the G League than not play in the Rockets. I mean, I guess, but right now, I guess would be an opportune time to have him here with Kevin Porter Jr. down with yet another injury, which I know you and I haven't talked about that a lot, but that has to be a determining factor if we're going to give him an extension this offseason, is the dude misses a lot of games with injuries. Um, but that's a different discussion for a different day. But with him down right now, it would be a perfect time for Knicks to get minutes, you know, up here with, you know, the, the main I roster. Agree. I, agree I think you also saw it tonight. Team. Yeah, and I think tonight you also see deficiencies in Schroeder's game. Like tonight would be a reason why you don't want to bring him back under any circumstances because he's a nice player, but that's all he is. He's nothing beyond a no more than a third or fourth option on a good team. You know? And oh, Schroeder, tonight, Schroeder's not staying with the Rockets past this season. There's 21 games left. Sure. After the 21st game, he won't be with the team anymore. Yeah. And I was just throwing that out there that this is also tonight to me is an indictment on the fact that there have been, they played the Clippers three times in the past two weeks. They haven't adjusted one time, dude, with anything that they've done. That's an indictment again on the coaching staff. Watch all three but of these games. I'll say this. I'll They're say the this. Same team. They don't do anything differently. Well, no I, I adjustments. Do the defense, I do think the defense was a lot better in these two games, especially on Sunday, than it was in Los Angeles. Yeah. I will. I will. I will give them that. And but I, but here's where I'm saying, like Zubats had a really good game on Sunday. He was the reason why they won that game. Tonight. He like they couldn't stop him. Like the fact that you're not able to stop Zubats, who is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Great. No. Good. He's great in terms of the fact that he's a starting center in the NBA, but in NBA standards, a decent player. There you go. He shouldn't be getting 20 and 10 in 20 minutes. No. So here's my question that I pose back to you. Yes. Is this an adjustment thing or is this a personnel thing? Do the, did the Rockets simply just don't have the personnel to stop a player like that? Because look, it also happened in Orlando. Wendell Carter went for 20 and 10 better than his averages. And it seems like we always have had a a consistent theme with the Rockets this season is that big men who don't usually score as much as, you know, the main centers of the league, they play really well against the Rockets. Is that because of a personnel issue or are the Rockets just that inept and unable to be coached? I think it's a personnel issue 
And it's, that's a fire in and itself. But then the game plan is the gasoline that they pour onto that fire. Because you can fix personnel issues with solid game plans. A double team can take a guy like Zubac completely out of the game offensively. You yeah, can't really. In- you, you double Zubac and then kick it out to Morris, he hits the three. But or that's the thing. Bernard hits the three, or Covington hits the three. That's fair. But I'd rather that. Look at the shooting percentages between Zubac and everybody else. I'd much rather force. Robert Covington com- to consistently beat me from the three-point line, then Zubac just getting the ball in the lane every single time, dominating whoever is guarding him. And again, how many times did we see tonight? And I will give you the fact that's that, the you know what, adjustment. Mike, that's what happened in L.A. That's what happened in L.A. They, yeah. they compacted the paint, and it forced the Clippers to shoot from outside, and they were really hot from outside. That's why that game got so out of hand so quickly. It's because yeah. they – so it's like – it's like it is picking your poison. And the Rockets, because they are just not as talented as the teams that they face, they need to get lucky. They need to play above average, and they need the other team to play below average for a chance – to win the game. And that's what happened on Sunday. The Rockets were playing better defense than they usually do. The Clippers were not playing as good offense as they usually do. And yet the Rockets still lost the game. So like, that's where the Rockets are right now. They're a 25% of the way there. They have 70, 75% of, of growth to get to where they need to be in order to be a contender in the NBA, a true championship contender in the NBA. And it's also an indictment on you. You brought up the word personnel, right? And you and I did a sh- did a show. I will never forget this. It was a couple of years ago, and we talked about the fact that you just draft the best guys, draft talent first because of where we were, right? This is what it looks like, though, when you don't get when you don't allocate your roster efficiently enough where they don't have a rim protector on the team. That's criminal, Jeremy. Like, that is criminal to your roster when you've given them two big guys, three if you want to count Garuba, but Garuba's hurt. You have Alperin Shengun, not a rim protector. You have Christian Wood, not a rim protector. You literally do not have, and that's not, you know, you know who was, that's not hyperbole. That is is a fact. Well, this is why they're in that position, right? At the beginning of the season, they got Daniel Tice. And Daniel Tice was supposed to play that role. Yeah. And the reason why Daniel Tice didn't work out in Houston was because Christian Wood and him could not play together. And that was honestly, I I mean, the fact that Christian Wood is not able to be adaptable, he's not versatile enough. It 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 became a it became a liability. And the Rockets were forced to not – so they were basically left with this. Okay, well, we can't start Tice and Wood. Are we going to bench Wood? No, we can't. He's our best offensive player in the post. So, Tice, you're going to go to the bench. Oh, wait, Alperin Shangun is the future at the position, and we can't just not give him minutes. He's deserved them. So that's why Tice was shown the door. And that's the problem with Christian Wood that just it, – it, it enables – it stunts the growth of the team because the like the thing with Shangun 
is Shangun can be a little he can be adaptable. He can play next to a big. He doesn't have, he can be the primary big, although I think it would be best if he was at the 4 and had another big with him or at least he played the 5. Had I think Shangun works best in a two big lineup. And that's the thing you need in the NBA is you need players that can play multiple styles of lineups. And I think Jalen can play multiple styles of lineups. I think he can play the two. He can play the three. Maybe sometime in his career he can play at the one. Kevin Porter is hopefully also someone that can play multiple positions. Josh Christopher, another guy that can play multiple positions. Jay Sean Tate, Garrison Matthews. Um, you know, all of these guys that the Rockets have can play multiple positions and can play with any real configuration of the team. The only person that cannot is Christian Wood. Yeah. Well, yes, I, I think you're a hundred percent spot on with that assessment. It all comes back to Wood and Silas for me. Those are the two pieces that they have to figure out as soon as the season is over, because if you can fix both of those positions, this roster is not as bad as they're being made out to look, in my opinion, right now. Because asking Jay Sean Tate to cover Zubach is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's flat out dumb, but you don't have a choice because when you put Jay Sean Tate... They're putting the, Eric Gordon on him. That's even dumber. It's even dumber. First of all, Gordon should not be playing right now. And the thing right is, now. Eric Second Gordon all, was one of the better defenders on Zubach for the entire night. But that, okay, but one of the better defenders. He went for twenty-two and twelve. Nobody exactly. was. Exactly. Nobody was. Nobody exactly, was a good, Mike. But nobody was a good defender on him. So that's what exactly what I'm saying is like, why is Eric Gordon the best defender for Ivan Zubac? Because that's why he went for what he did, and that is the exact problem that they have. Because the thing is, when the defense is bad, it forces the Rockets out of rhythm. It forces them to play the half court game. And I don't think the Rockets are best suited for the half court game. I I do think that they need a lot of points in transition and they need to play a very quick style of basketball. And in order to do that, you have to have misses on the defensive end. The best, like the best stretch of this game, there was maybe one or two possessions early, early in the second or late in the first where like Shangun got a block on the other end and a, it, it, Josh Christopher had the ball. He was able to bring the ball up the floor really quickly. And then I think he found KJ for that dunk. You remember that? Yeah. I mean, it that was, was, in my opinion, the best play of the whole game because that exact, and it, and it proves my point as to what defense can do for your offense. And that is exactly what the Rockets need. Like, yes, the ISO and all that for Kevin Porter and, and hopefully Jalen Green when he develops that, that's, that'll be a good tool to have. But, they need the defense to transition into their offense. And that was an example of what I would like to see from this team moving forward. But when you have one of the worst defenses in 25 years of the NBA, this is what it leads to. And I want to go back real quick and I want your opinion on this. I think the Rockets gave up on Tice too soon. Because I would have loved to have seen more minutes of Tice and Shingoon together. Tice wasn't a bad player, and he isn't. He just didn't. He was was misused. He was, in a way, well. Because he's not a, they kept trying to put him on the perimeter. He was a victim of circumstance because he was 
in a position where he could not play next to Wood, and the team chose Wood over Tice, which honestly, I, I would too. Wood's ceiling is tremendously higher than Tice's, despite Wood's defensive inabilities. And with um, with Shangun, I mean, of course you're going to pick Shangun over Tice. So, like, that's the thing is Tice got the short end of the stick. And if Christian Wood was a little bit more adaptable, it would have worked. And that's the problem with Christian Wood is he's not able to play next just because of his style of play. His style of play does not adapt for well for other people. And that is the issue. That is the issue right there is he has not been able to figure out how to get his teammates involved and how to use his game to benefit his teammates. Guys like James Harden, Chris Paul, you know, those guys were able to do that. And that's why the Rockets role players have been, you know, goaded since we got, that's like why PJ Tucker was so good in Houston because Harden and Chris Paul set him up for success. Like Kevin Porter, that's what he's missing in his game. But I think that's something that he is going to be able to get something we've seen recently, some flashes that ultimately prove that he can be that guy. And, and like, that's what these guys need is they need their games to be able to benefit other people's games. And that's why I think Shangun is going to work out in the NBA because he's also someone that has shown flashes of a guy that has used his game to benefit others as well. Yeah. I, I look, I like Shangun a lot. He's grown on me. He has a lot to improve on. But the tools are there. But the mismanagement of the front line is scary if I'm a Rockets fan. Because your biggest offseason acquisition was the guy that we really needed. Like, I think they actually got it right with Tice. I think Tice is exactly what this team needed. A defensive-minded big man, great attitude, came here knowing how bad this team was Still decided to come here, Jeremy. And the thing is, they bet on the wrong thoroughbred, if you will. Like, they bet on Wood over Shangun with, as it pertains to Daniel Tice. Like, Tice would have worked with Shangun because thing, he's exactly what he needed. But Well, the thing but, is, they didn't – I don't think they realized how much potential Shangun would have. I don't think they thought – that Shangun was going to be as ready as it is. And when it comes time to choose between Shangun and Wood, I do believe the Rockets are going to choose Shangun just because he is much younger and has shown much more um, promise. Like he had 13 and, and nine tonight off the bench. Pretty, pretty solid night from Shangun. I was pretty, I'm pretty happy seeing Shangun in these basketball games. I agree with you that my second point I was going to make is. Daniel Tice was a victim of circumstance because his head coach had no idea how to use him offensively. Not defensively. Defensively, I think he was fine. Like he did exactly you what you wanted like him to do. Wood, though, Mike, you don't need that much offense out of Daniel Tice. That that is where I come from. Is like if sure. Christian Wood is offense only, you don't really need much offense out of Daniel Tice. No, but they put him, I'm talking about placement on the floor. Silas, who was credited with that Dallas system, did the same thing. He treated Daniel Tice the same way his offensive system in Dallas treated Porzingis. Same same placement, 
wanted him on the perimeter. That's not Daniel Tice's game. Daniel right. Tice's and game the, and offensively then that, and then it made set a, a screen and roll. You know, exactly. on offense. And Tice wasn't, you know, and because He's, you go right at, at Wood on defense, it it made like Tice was not able to be enough of a just okay on offense to just kind of you know be be good with it. Like if Tice developed a corner three, like the thing is Porzingis, like Porzingis has an outside shot. Tice, no, he he definitely did. That's why I'm saying that Silas's system is being criticized vehemently by Rockets fans and it should be because it sucks because well, he doesn't is, he doesn't adapt there's no adaptability Mike, in his system. he has like adapt like I, I really don't think like i'll say this i'm not gonna say silas is the best coach like mike who's the best coach ever in your opinion uh in rockets in, or not in basketball like yeah. basketball football uh basketball I mean, I I would have a hard time going against Popovich. Pick a, okay, Popovich. How many wins does Greg Popovich get with this team right now? The Rockets are currently um, 15 and 46, so you're going out of 61 here. How many wins does Greg Popovich get with this roster? Right now, it's probably at 25. Okay, so like Steven Silas, who is not the best coach in – the NBA and he's not, but he's a, he's a decent coach. So, you know, he's, no, he's, he's a agree. decent coach. He's I a don't decent agree. coach. Mm, no. He did lead the number one most efficient offense at the time that got but, knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. But here's, here's the, here's the T 10 games between the best coach in NBA history and what Steven Silas is doing based on this roster that makes me think that it's the roster that's the problem more well, so than more so than the coaching staff. And, and look, I'm not gonna, I'm not crediting this coaching staff. I'm not making excuses for this coaching staff. I do think that they could have done a little better. I don't think that 15 wins is exactly where this team should be right now. I do think that it probably should be, you know, 20 probably. And, and, you know, like that's only five games. Yeah. But, it's more so along the lines of how they've lost most of these games. I wish they were a little bit more competitive, a little bit more often. Um, but I mean, look, you got to compete like in this 10 game losing streak. Let's look at this 10 game losing streak and see how close the Rockets have been to winning these games. So this, that Spurs loss, that, that was a pretty bad loss. Two losses to the Pelicans, but double digits, you lost to the Raptors, but double digits, the jazz, that was a really bad loss. The Suns game was probably the best game in the whole streak. Um, they nearly won that game. And then you had a loss to the Clippers. The, they played well against the Magic. I'll give them that. And they played well against the Clippers. So, I mean, like, out of these 10 games, they've been competitive in about four of them. But it's not just this year. And it's not just the 10-game stretch. Do I think, again, I think Daniel Tice and Steven Silas are actually, ironically enough, victims of circumstance. Like, he thought he was coming yeah. here to coach one team. He's coaching another team. Okay, fine. He had last year, he had to go through COVID. He had to go through a terrible roster. He's given now the second overall pick in the draft. Uh, he's got some decent veteran leadership on this team. In my opinion, I think Silas, there's 30 NBA teams. He's in the bottom. There's no way he's better than 
five coaches in the NBA. So he's in the bottom 20. Would you agree with me there, Jeremy, that he's in the five worst coaches in the league? Mm. I wouldn't put him any higher than 25th. It's tough to tell because, I mean, like, if you're going That'd by be an wins, interesting, that would be an interesting going exercise. by wins, he's, you know, it's difficult to describe coaching because, like, you know, if you're if you're basing it off wins, he had the worst team in the league last year and the second worst team this year. So he's probably, yeah, in terms of that. But also there's it's more than just that, I think. It's, it's more about, you know, the things off the court as well. And, and I do think that Silas has been able to – I do think there's been progress since the beginning of the season. And I do think that Silas and the coaching staff should get credit for that, at least a little bit. Um, so – I'll give them that, but I also think that just the roster that is in place currently just isn't built to win games. Like they just they're just not built to win games. They're built to give some reps to a bunch of these young guys, and they're not built to win games because of just Christian Wood just soaks up a lot of space on the defensive end and it just it makes things you know, it's like Christian Wood is is so good offensively that you know it, it kind of makes up for his defensive uh, woes. That's kind of how he got to this point, but it's getting to a point now where he the def, the defense is really starting to stick out like a sore thumb, and that is becoming more of an issue because it's like okay, well, if you want to get better at this point, something. And someone has to get better. And I don't know how much Christian Wood can improve from from where he is right now. Well, he's a lot. I mean, look, he can improve a lot because he's he's not very good on the defensive end. So there is room for improvement. But how much of that room is he really going to occupy at this point in his career where he's 25, 26? He's already established in the league. Well, it's not only that, dude. I mean, he's a he's a liability defensively. It's not even like he's adequate. Defensively, he's a liability there. He's a liability at the free throw line. Like you get paid $14 million. I'm so sick and tired of the people. I hate the, I hate, you know what I hate, Jeremy? I hate the videos of people posting that he's working on his free throws during practice. I hate that shit. Sure, Excuse my language, but like, free throws during that's there. what I'm saying, dude. But like, who cares? Like you're coming to us saying, well, he sucks during the games. But he's working on it during practice. What do we care? Practice means nothing. He could shoot 100,000 free throws in practice, and if he shoots 50% during the game, none of that matters. In my opinion, I think a, lo- I think a decent amount of his problems on the court alone are mental. Like I don't think he's – what am I trying to say? I don't think he's uh, – uh, What's it called? Mature enough. I think I think he has a maturity problem, honestly. Like, I think he's in his head offensively. He's like, I want to go score my points. If I get some rebounds, cool. I'm not really going to play defense because I'm not all that much good at it. And the team's not very good. So let me just go get my points. Like, I think he's a very selfish, immature basketball player. Not him as, think- a, as an individual. I'm, talk- I'm talking about Christian Wood on the court. That's where I think he is. I think he's selfish and I think he's immature. I think that a lot of the NBA game is is mental. In fact, I, I'd probably say that ninety percent of the NBA game is mental. Um, just because, like, though, in order to get to the NBA, you have to show your your 
physical you have to show your physicality you have to show your your shooting skills all of that but when you get to the nba it's more about just perfecting those skills but also at the same time it's about the speed of the game it's about the you know the the iq and that's why players like chris paul can play for so long it's why players like uh pj tucker can play for so long is because they they work on the mental side of the game and say, okay, what can I do with my, like, how, how can we set this up to get to where we need to be? And the Rockets don't have a lot of those guys where they can do that. Like Garrison Matthews, another very smart player, doesn't, isn't necessarily the most gifted player that we've ever seen, but he takes his gift and he uses that to to basically kind of create his whole old game and defensively as well. He's smart enough to figure out, you know, when to draw for the charge. When is this the right time to draw the charge? And he, and he draws a ton of them because he knows where to be in the right spot. And I just feel like that IQ is not on the same level as most of these guys that the Rockets uh, suit up every night. Well, it's but they're learning as it goes. And I, I just feel like with Christian Wood, like, I just don't think – like, he just doesn't have a strong basketball IQ. No, he doesn't. And I think – At least on the defensive end. On the offensive end, it's different. But I think on the defensive end is where he lacks showing his basketball IQ. And I think we haven't – we gave up on a guy like Daniel Tice, in my opinion, way too soon because of exactly what you just described. If you, if I ask you, Jeremy Brenner, who would be better to help lead these group of young guys for the year? Daniel Tice or Christian Wood? Who would you choose? Well, it's, it's way more than that. I don't think so. It's way more than that. It really is because Christian Wood was the leading scorer on the team. Like that, there's a big difference there. But the thing about it though is that those points, those are meaningless points. Those are, Kevin Martin points. Those don't matter. Yeah, they, take but they the, do take add the points. up, Mike. They do add up on the score. You do need but they, points to win a basketball game. Like, but they don't when you're the a, primary objective. Okay. Like, yeah, take everything into it. Um, you know what? Daniel Tyson was making like nine million a year. Christian Wood was making fourteen million dollars a year. Like, they're not totally like super far off. But I mean, look, Christian Wood is the better player. Like, we can't deny that. And and I don't blame the Rockets for choosing Christian Wood over Daniel Tice at that time. And when they realized that Daniel Tice wasn't the, wasn't the answer and he wasn't really a fit on this team, they chose that's, to move him. And, and I, and I think that's fine because look, Christian Wood is under contract for next year. So you have to, you can't like Rafael Stone can't just assume that there's going to be a trade ready for Christian Wood at the end of the season. Like they, like he is under the assumption that Christian Wood will be playing with the Houston Rockets next year. And if you're at that point, well, Daniel Tice, that's two years out of three on his contract, then he's basically rotting away on the bench. Like they moved him because they saw no no real place for him here. And that's like that was the right move. Like, and yes, maybe looking back on it, there there were like there were benefits to bring Daniel Tice here. And Daniel Tice wasn't able to prove that because, in my opinion, because Christian Wood was unable to really share the court with him and the Rockets had to shoot like it forced the Rockets to choose between one or the other. And 
the Rockets chose Christian Wood, which still, I understand why they did it. Was it the right choice? Well, probably not because Christian Wood is proving that he's probably not going to be the answer long term. When that, that, the reason why I bring this question up is Christian Wood the better basketball player? Yes, but that wasn't my question though. My, my thing, when I ask this question, you look at it from the perspective of, does Christian Wood score more points? Yes. But Daniel Tice would be that defensive piece that you could put in to, if Daniel Tice was out there tonight, do you think Zubac goes for 22 and 12? Cause I don't. No, but then again, you have Christian Wood. So like, if you're saying, let's take, let's take Daniel Tice and give him Christian Wood's minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think Daniel Tice is scoring 17. No, but I think that other guys, it frees up the ball for other guys to have more shots and other guys scoring outputs would it certainly does. improve. I see what you're saying. You know, it so does, you look but at, here's, here's the deal right now with the Rockets, and it's kind of what we were talking about uh, before the All-Star break, and it's been a theme throughout the season that's kind of popped up. The Rockets don't really have much of an identity yet. They don't have a real direction because they are still trying to figure out which direction they can go in because they have several directions that they can go in. At the beginning of the season, it was about, okay, are we going to ride? Is Christian Wood our guy for the future? Maybe we can build a team around him. We have Jalen Green, though, and we have Kevin Porter. Maybe we build this team around Jalen Green. Maybe we build this team around Kevin Porter. Oh, wait, there's also Opera and Shangoon here. Oh, wait, we also have more picks down the line. So it's like, you know, they want to, like, use all the options. And I think Christian Wood made sense to be the first guy that they really try in this primary role because he has the most money now. He's in this prime, so to speak. And he was, and he'd shown last season, you know, what he could possibly become. And I think Christian Wood needs a guy like a James Harden to really, you know, help him out. And I think defensively, he needs a guy next to him. But unfortunately, offensively, you know, Daniel Tice wasn't the right guy and they were unable to like really get that. But like, I mean, Look, if you get someone that maybe has a little bit more offensive prowess than Daniel Tice, uh, but also the same guy on defense, would that have worked? Maybe. I don't know. I don't really have a guy that could really, you know, that was attainable to the Rockets that really would have made sense. But, like, they were they were trying things, they, and they've tried Christian Wood out. But I think what we've learned through 60-something games is that Christian Wood is not the answer. And that's okay. Trial and error this process. We got to – you know, figure out each one. And I think what you're seeing now is a move away from Wood and a move into Jalen Green, a move into Shangun with Jalen's usage rate kind of climbing in, in February and having a decent, he had 20 points tonight. So, you know, I think we're seeing more of the focus going towards Jalen Green now and Shangun is showing that he is also capable of being that big man scorer that they need to be. And it's going to make Woods role on the team next season obsolete. I mean, I think it's perfectly put. I think, you know, even tonight he had a good game offensively. Christian Wood did, and it amounted to nothing. It know, and, when I say nothing, well, yeah. when I say nothing, it's nothing of significance. It's like, congrats, man. Like you, you shot seven of 11 from the field, but you got absolutely clowned on the defensive end. And your team got blown out on their home court, you know, by the Clippers. The Clippers are a nice team, 
you know, they got some decent pieces, I would say, but without Kawhi Leonard and without Paul George, you know, this team just got thoroughly manhandled by them in the second half, and that's unacceptable. And so the Rockets' number one priority this offseason has to be finding a defensive anchor big man, period, end of story. We can talk all we want about the, the draft pick that they get, hopefully in the top three. That's awesome. That's great. I can't wait for it. And if they don't choose that defensive-minded guy in the top three, if they miss out on Chet Holmgren, they better, Jeremy, they better find a way to either make up for it in free agency or if it's Walker Kessler from Auburn. I don't care who it is. But if they go into next season without a defensive-minded anchor big man, this team is going to go through even more growing pains next year. And whatever fan base is left for the Rockets will completely be gone if that is the case next season. Mm, no, I'm not going anywhere. And well, I don't think you are either. No, I'm not. I'm so, just saying. So, yeah. I'm, you know, you get but my point, though. Like, Here's my thing, yeah. My guess is that next season um, they're going to try Shengun in that role. And here's my thought on that. It's going to fail. I think Shengun is better than Christian Wood on defense, but that's not saying a whole lot. Yep. Shengun does have some work to do to become that defensive guy. He might not be that guy, but like if they do draft, let's say a Chet or a Jabari Smith, like that, like I, I do think those guys, if if they were the five, would be better than Christian Wood as well. So it's like, although Chet, like. Chet's an interesting one because, like, I could see him being that guy. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of his, like, I, to me, what excites me about Chet is his offense. It's not his defense. Uh, so I, I'd have to watch a little bit more of his defense to really see how much of an NBA defender he can be. And ultimately, to me, if the Rockets were to choose between the top three, I would choose the one that is best at defense. Because at the end of the day, the Rockets do need to start building a team. They They really need to start going in a direction, picking it, and sticking with it. And I and I do think that having a bunch of shooters, a bunch of scorers, although it's a great thing, you can't never have too much scoring in the NBA, but there needs to be some balance there too. And I would hope that that is what they get in the draft, and I would hope that that's what they get moving forward because that is what this team needs more than anything. And, and I do think that once – because the offense this year could be better – but I also think that if the defense improves just slightly, like I mentioned earlier about that defense turning into offense, that is going to make this team even better. And, and it's going to plummet, it's going to pull, pull them away from the worst teams in the league into hopefully a better tier. I'm not saying it's going to necessarily be a playoff team, but I do think that just a tiny switch of defense that you inject into this team, it will make a rather large difference on the other side. Yeah. And I think a lot of that gets fixed. If you find that, that Walker Kessler, that Jared Allen, that Zubac, like those three guys would drastically change the outlook on this team. And I only say Jared Allen because he's a defensive minded big man. So is Zubac. So is a Walker Kessler. Like those types of guys you can find and you can implement defensively and it just changes so many things. Yeah. You know, 
if you could figure out a way to get a Jabari Smith from Auburn and then get Walker Kessler with your second pick, those two guys alone can drastically, Jeremy, change the way this team looks next year. Do I think Shangun can be that defensive-minded five? No, I don't. I, I think I think you're doing him a disservice by trying to make him that guy because he's just not. But we'll see. We'll see. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. Thank you to our live audience here at Spotify Green Room. We'll be back tomorrow night for another episode. It's all me tomorrow night. Mike has his bowling championship. Is that correct, Mike? Uh, yeah, we're playing for uh, sixth place tomorrow night. So oh. it's uh <laughs> sixth place. Ah, it's it, it's it's been a hey. I'm the I'm did, the number. Did you th- go to e- did you go to each week? Uh, I did go to each week, and overall in the league, out of 138 bowlers, I am number three in the league. If it makes you feel any better. Pretty much. So yeah, you know, I I try and represent the dream take the best that I can. You need help in the off season. I do. I do. I am, uh, I'm hitting the transfer portal trying to uh, <laughs> either find a different team or uh, try and figure out how to improve our team. So it's been a down year, but we look forward to finishing strong. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dream Take SPN. Also head to our Facebook page right over there. Give us a thumbs up on our Facebook page and head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at estimation.com follow my co-pilot on twitter mr michael brown at bsw podcast underscore mb and you can follow me on twitter at jeremy brenner that's j-e-r-e-m-y b-r-e-n-e-r thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the dream take and until next time go rockets today's episode is brought to you by cars.com With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.